She's a business mogul. Number one. And wellness expert. How can I help? And now Chantel Ray and her amazing guests are here to guide you on your wellness journey. Time to level up. Welcome to the Waste Away Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to today's episode. And I'm so excited to be having Ashley Grosh from thefarmlife.com on our episode. And today we are doing a ton of question and answers. You guys have been asking so many questions. We love hearing from you. And today we're going to answer a bunch of them. So we're so excited. But first, Ashley, tell everyone a little bit about yourself. Hi, everybody. So I own a company called The Farm Life. And what it is, it's an integration of functional medicine in with wellness products and also my farm. So it's just this whole lifestyle company. Um, I see about a thousand patients a year with functional nutrition and just overall wellness, specializing in hormones, gut health, um, metabolic resets, pediatrics, just a wide range of things. So I have a little grocery store, but I also have a little, a little wellness center as well. All right. This is from Kristen Stillwell. She says, what is a Tate? What is a safe, typical frequency for 24 to 36 hour fast every X days, every X weeks, how long should I do a 24 to 36 hour fast before I stretch it to longer? I only have 11 ish pounds left to lose before my goal weight pre babies. I'm not in a rush to lose the weight, but I'm very interested in the health benefits of extended fasts. Kristen Stillwell. Um, so I think we've kind of answered this question a little bit. Um, but I, it's funny because I used to be able to do a lot longer fast than I am able to do right now. And I think that it has to do with my cortisol levels, my stress levels. I've been under a massive amounts of stress lately. Um, and the thing about it is, is fasting causes your body stress. So when you're doing it, you know, intermittent fasting can increase levels of cortisol and that's making you stress. So if you're already really, really stressed, that can, can make it. So like for me personally, I used to be able to do, you know, a seven day fast an eight day fast completely with water. I mean, just unbelievable because of kind of the state that I was in. And so for, for anyone to be able to answer that question, it's really impossible because even for you yourself, even for me, who is like, I mean, I wrote, you know, I've written four books on fasting. So I am a fasting queen. My body, you know, my thyroid has some issues. So I am on an, a kind of an all natural uh, compounded uh, pharmaceutical for my thyroid. So that also affects my ability to fast because of my thyroid. So when you're on medicine, like that. So if, if you're taking a thyroid medicine, your ability to be able to do a longer fast is going to be a lot different than someone who's not taking any medicine at all. So really for us to be able to answer that question for any person, it's absolutely impossible because what is safe for me is not safe for you. And so my, my suggestion is to really just keep upping it. Um, so if you're doing 
you know, if you're used to doing seven hours, move to six. And then when you're doing six hours, move to five. If you're doing, you know, and one meal a day, one day a week, then try doing two. Push yourself and you do want to get out of your comfort zone, but only you can really answer that question of what's safe for you. And by the way, it will change different seasons of your life. Like, just like I said, you know, a year ago, I might've been able to do a seven day water fast with no problem. I can't even right now in my season that I'm in, I truly cannot do a three day water fast. I'm barely able to do a one meal a day. I'm able to do that, but, but I'm just saying I'm not able to fast like I was able to before. Ashley. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it really depends on your stress levels. I would say that first long extended fast, if you want to go for a 48 hour, link that up to like a weekend retreat where you're quiet and you're pray- you're praying, you're, you're, you're intentionally resting so that you don't go to work for your every day and then come home to the chaos or you don't want to have chaos in, in the middle of a 48 hour fast when it's your just now getting starting to get used to it. Um, for that last 11 pounds, I think fasting is great. And I, I heard her say she doesn't really, it, if it happens, it happens not in a rush, but I really love the integration of these shorter dura- duration fasts with ancestral movement and ancestral nutrition, right? Like it's as opposed to it, maybe lengthening your fast, maybe you're adding in these other components that mimic your ancestral patterns. In addition to the fasting that also mimics those patterns, you're just adding more building blocks onto the way you're eating and moving and perceiving your world. So there's a huge, there are huge gains to be made when you balance your adrenal health and your perceived stress. And then that allows you to fast longer. All right, next question. What do you do when your eating window is about to end? If you are not hungry, but you know you need more calories for the day, do you eat? I'll, I'll start with that one. For me, I really believe that everything in your life should be based on hunger and fullness. I really believe not eating when you're not hungry, like I don't think you should ever eat. So if if you truly are not hungry, you should never be like, oh, let me shove some food down my face because my eating window is about to end. No, like that doesn't make sense. Like you eat when you're hungry, you stop when you're full. If you get hungry the next day and maybe it's nine o'clock in the morning the next day and you're ravenously hungry, then maybe you would you know, eat then. But again, for me, hunger and fullness is, is such a big deal. And I am very anti like just it's seven o'clock. My eating window is about to end. Like, let me shove food down my face. Mm -hmm. Ashley. I agree. I agree. I mean, we're really, the whole idea of, of, of getting into fasting is getting into that intuitive side of ourselves. So in learning how to intuitively eat. Um, and so, yeah, if you're not hungry, don't eat and then pivot that day and change your windows around a little bit based on that intuition. I mean, I certainly, if I'm not hungry, I'm not going to eat. Um, and then eventually when you are hungry, we're, you're trying to learn how to eat less when you are hungry, right? Half of an avocado instead of guacamole with the chips, right? That's leveling up. That's the whole point of the fasting process. 
I don't know about you, but I think there's something really special about having a group that you can connect with, a group you can grow with, and a group that you can learn from. That's why we created Connect in 40. It's just a small group but it's virtual. It's a place where we can meet and we watch a powerful speaker. And then we talk about what we learned and how we can apply it to our lives. And so it's amazing. It's on Wednesday night, every Wednesday at seven Eastern, four o'clock Pacific. And it's just 40 minutes. It's awesome. It's powerful. So go to connectin40.com. That's connectin40.com. We hope to see you there. Mm. All right. This next question, we are get, literally get this question almost every day. And so it says, I have to have coffee in the morning and I can't have it black. What is your suggestions for that? Because I don't want to start eating until one o'clock that day. Ashley? I mean, you're really only able to do, if you want to do a creamer, it has to have, it can't have any sugar in it. I mean, you could stay in ketosis, but anytime you add a creamer, of any sort, you're going to break a fast because it's going to have some kind of fat in it or protein, even if it has no carbs, you'll stay in ketosis. So you still will be in a ketogenic state, which is a fasted state. But I mean, pretty much if you add the creamer, you're going to break your fast. I don't know about you. What do you think? Yeah, no, I agree a hundred percent. And the thing about it is, is that part of that is a mindset thing. So like I used to, I used to have, have tea. I had to have some kind of sugar in my tea. Then I moved from having sugar in my tea. And then I moved to like having stevia or Splenda or something like that. And now, like, if you gave me an, I only drink unsweetened tea. If you gave me an unsweetened tea with Splenda in it, I'd be like, Oh, this is disgusting because I've trained my body that way. When it comes to creamer, I'm able, I'm able to have black coffee in the morning and I don't enjoy it as much as if I had creamer, to be honest. Um, but I've gotten to the point that I've just just been like, okay, this is what it is. I'm going to do it. And then you end up kind of liking it. Um, but I also, there's some people out there who are like, you know, if you have a little bit of creamer, I'm a hundred percent, we're not having sugar in your, in there. So that's, you got to figure out a way to make that happen. But if you find a, you know, some kind of creamer that has, is like high fat and stuff like that. Again, you, I've seen these people who put coffee and they basically will put like all this fat in their coffee. And it's like, 250 calories worth of fat that they're putting in their creamer. And then, you know, cause it's just straight fat. And then again, they're like, but why am I not losing weight? And it's like, okay, well, that's a problem. But again, my suggestion would be if you figure out a way to have it black, that's my suggestion. But again, if you say I can't have it black, then just put a little bit of creamer and then do a little bit less, then a little bit less, and then a little bit less until you can get to the place that you can go black. And again, it is a mindset thing. You will end up getting to the place that you have gotten your body so used to it that you like it black. And, and I'm, I would say for me, I'm not quite at that place. Like I'll have black coffee in the morning. I definitely don't enjoy it as much, but like, I actually love having a cup of coffee. Like after, if I have lunch, I love having a cup of coffee with a little bit of cream and I call it a meal finisher. I don't know what it does, but it helps me kind of, again, stop my eating because again, here's the problem. 
I have a good time starting, but once I start, I have a hard time stopping. So having that coffee with a little bit of cream at the end of my meal, it can be decaf coffee or well as well and um, can go from there. All right, next question. I'm pretty sure I have parasites, but my stool tests haven't shown anything. What are some of the symptoms that could mean and how do I get rid of it? Anonymous. Oh, that's a good question. So stool parasitology is very hard and with adults. It's very easy to see worms in kids because they're very good at clearing them. Adults are not. They tend to stay collected in our tissue. It's really hard to pick them up in a stool sample. So first thing is if you do a stool sample again, time it around the full moon. That's not some weird astrology thing. That's actually just some science there that parasites have serotonin receptors and our serotonin levels go up around the full moon. So you get a little bit better of that three-day sampling if you do time your next stool sample around the full moon. Even then, it may be false negatives. It's a big problem. So you're looking for symptoms would be hypermotility. So chronic diarrhea, um, generally constipation does not correlate with parasites except for defragilis. That's one type of parasite that does correlate to constipation, but all the other parasites are generally related to chronic diarrhea. So that's a that's your main symptom. Otherwise, there's a long list of, of symptoms. Brain fog, memory loss, because parasites can hide in brain tissue. They can chronic sinuses. I, you know, if someone has chronic sinusitis and gut issues, and I think they may have parasites living in their sinus cavities. Um, so it's the nice thing about functional medicine and botanical protocols that we use is that those supplements are very safe. And so you can always do a full moon parasite cleanse for you. You can, you actually titrate up the first month you do the full moon day, and then you add one day on either side. And the next month you add two days on either side for a full five day cleanse. And that's a very safe way to just clear out parasites. If you do have them um, using botanicals and carbon-based products like zeolite and binders and stuff. So what are your favorite uh, products for parasites? Like, is there any brands that you love and things that maybe you sell at your market that you love to get rid of parasites? Yeah, I uh, love Cellcore. So it's probably my favorite parasite cleanse protocol. It comes in phases. It's, it's pretty intense, but um because when you're doing a parasite cleanse, you often have, you have to support mitochondria and energy, cellular energy at the same time. And so they just have a good protocol. Um, otherwise, I've got some custom protocols that I use with with herbs, but Cellcore really kind of has been getting it done in a kind of a package deal um, as of late. Mm. Yeah. So, but with Cellcore, it's not just, a you can't just buy the, the supplement. So that's what's frustrating about them. They have to be ordered through a practitioner and because they're like pretty intense protocols. Um, so I, like you can't sell them in a store, but I've had hundreds of people on Cellcore and with great results with parasites that they didn't know they had, even though the stool test didn't show it, but they thought they did. So we just do a full moon cleanse and let, lo and behold, things start coming out. So mm, I love that. All right. I'll last question. What is the best kind of infrared sauna for home use? I've been looking at the blankets. Lottie Sazakis. Well, I feel like maybe we have two different types of sauna. So I I love the tent one um, where my head sticks out. I look really funny in it, but it's a far IR sauna. 
And it's, I've found it to be really efficacious work because I'll stay in it for a lot longer. And also if I have, if I'm like gas off gassing things like detoxing through gas, things that I don't want to then breathe in, I like the sauna where my head sticks out. So I'm not breathing my off gas back in, in the sauna, if that makes sense. So that's why I really love the new tent technology saunas. Cause you can just sit with your head out and you're not breathing in your own toxic fumes. Mm. Now I love going to a regular sauna. If I'm, if I don't feel like I'm going to sweat out all this stuff, right. You know, when you feel like stuff is just going to start seeping out of you and you know, when you're like, I'm doing pretty good this week. Um, but otherwise I don't go into a regular sauna anymore. If I feel like the gas that I release is going to be something I don't want to breathe back in. Awesome. Well, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for sharing all your knowledge and everything with us. And I know you're making such a big impact in people's lives with their health. So I thank you for that. And I want you to tell listeners where they can find you and where they can follow you. Okay. Yeah. So I can be found at thefarmlife.com. I see clients all over the country via telehealth, or I have an in-person wellness center in Virginia beach. And then on social media, I'm found at the farm life movement on uh, Instagram and Facebook. All right. Well, this was great. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. Stay tuned. Bye-bye for now. Hey guys, thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a review on iTunes to get this podcast out to others that may have the same questions that you do. And as always, if you have a question that you want answered, email those to questions at chantelrayway.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.